turning Japanese guess you know what we got a real Japanese dude in here he doesn't need to turn into one because he was one from from the birth um so yo I I'm very excited to bring on this next guy um he's a good friend of mine and uh not only does he skate uh recently we've been collaborating on a couple big projects which I really I don't know. I mean, sometimes I meet people and I think that like, mm, you know, later down the line, we might, you know, cross roads. Uh, there was just something that I immediately felt connected to with Scott from the beginning. I just, it wasn't like anything um, uh, sexual to that degree. Like it was more of like, dang, it wasn't, it wasn't sexual at all. Although, um, I did have a few wet dreams about that day, but uh, <laughs> I found out you had a girlfriend, so I decided, you know, to keep it more business. But uh, the long story short, I um, met this dude at a skate park, and uh, I just kind of randomly asked him on a whim to film uh, my comedy special, uh, just out, out of the blue, and he, he said yes. And uh, I was just so like, wow, really? Like, this guy's gonna, you know, film this thing for me? And so from that point on, like, I found out Scott is actually a very talented filmmaker. He's been in the, um, he's been in the game for 11 years. Just, I was blown away by his work. I was blown away by, you know, his fucking, I don't know. I'm not from the filming world. I'm always the guy that's on the camera, but I was just so impressed with his production value. And, uh, you know, I was luckily, I was blessed to have gone with a pretty rad company in the beginning of the year, which I represent, if you guys haven't seen on all my posts. But uh, I'm with a crew called Phoenix Riders. We make electric skateboards. And uh, long story short, they brought me in as a, as a brand ambassador to help represent the brand, grow the brand. Um, and the one thing I wanted to do was create good content for the channel because uh, they, they didn't really have any. So I brought Scott in and it was like, it was just, it was a connection from the go. And uh, now we've been working on each other. We just produced our first uh, commercial slash uh, comedy sketch that's going to be premiering not only on the company uh phoenix writers but uh on my own wang's world youtube channel as well so uh i know that was the longest fuck intro i hope none of you guys bailed out on me but uh yo dude thank you for coming brother what's up man yeah thanks for having me let's yeah, do a cheers. cheers again we uh we were, i i introduced him to a uh a beer belgian l golden monkey from philadelphia victory brewing if you guys ever get a chance to uh, get your hands on one of these, 
do me a favor and do it. We were uh, we're being broadcast on Scott's brand new light. Uh, he, apparently he got this new light. Like that. So this. Tell me more about this light. Is this like a special light? Like, um, to me, it's like special because most film equipment is so like damn expensive. Mm-hmm. Like if I remember when I first started out, like when I first learned how much all the stuff costs, it like blew my mind. So I'm like, why is it so expensive? But then as I kind of, like, learned more and more, like, I, I started to see, like, why it was that way. It's just it's just high-quality stuff, especially, like, the equipment they use, like, in high-end stuff, uh, say, in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the stuff that I was exposed to. But then I was just thinking to myself, man, I'm going to have to work my ass off to be able to afford something like that. And then, like, later on down the road, like, film equipment started getting, like, better. Or film equipment started getting cheaper but the cheap stuff started getting better. So it was kind of like this um, bringing lower quality stuff, like increasing the quality of the cheap stuff. And then that's kind of where the industry's been heading lately. And then this company, Aperture, Mm -hmm. they're a lighting company. And basically they became like the the high-end, low-end stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. Kind of, they're like Hyundai of fucking lighting. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a car guy, so I don't really know how to answer so, that. So but. long story. Hyundai was kind of like the... Like Korea came out with their cars, right? In the beginning, mm-hmm. it was like just Japan and America. So Korea came out with these like low-end cars like Hyundai, which but basically... It's like higher quality, low quality stuff. Oh, so this is high quality, low quality. Like, it's not low quality, but basically it's, like, the cheap, it's high-end cheap So, stuff. this is, like, the the Mercedes-Benz's, like, you know how they have, like, three different cars? Like, it's, like, a, a like, if there was a Ferrari, and then, I don't know, um, uh, so this Maserati, would be, this would be, like, a Mercedes or something. I see what you mean. But basically, um... Which is still good. Yeah. They basically disrupted the industry with their, like, equipment. And even um, Hollywood-level, like, cinematographers are using it. And then this... The, at the price that it was, it was, like, 800 bucks. It's, right. like, it's, like, 800 bucks In the film world, that's cheap as hell. But when you see, like, what it can actually do and, like, mm-hmm. how it's built and stuff, it's it's not... It's a really good light. Right. And that's been my dream it light. It is a really good light. So this mm-hmm. has been your dream light. This has been my dream light since the first version came out. This is actually even before. Did you that, have like a night light you would look at every night with like a perfume scent, and we were like, "Yeah, light some what? candles, had some rose One day you're gonna be you're gonna be at age thirty five, like you just dreamt the light into a bigger. Yeah, exactly. And then when I first heard it, though, I'm like, "Damn, I really want those lights," but they're out of my price range at the time. Mm-hmm. And then when this one came out, the first version of it. This is the Aperture 120D Mark II, by the way. I don't know if I said that, but when the first version of this came out, I was just like, fuck, I really want that. But at the time, I couldn't afford it. That was a cu- that was probably a couple years ago. Cause and so now you can afford it. Now I was able to afford it. So, so you, in, in a way, it's like getting this light is not only just the light, but it's also like how far you've come. To me, it's like a kind of like a milestone. Like It's not even that expensive in reality. Like I've, But you earned it. Yeah. Like, I saved up the money to, like, get it. I bought more expensive stuff than this before, like, cameras and stuff that cost, like, two to three times more. But 
I was always trying to get myself set up in that and lighting as important as it is. I always kind of like, I, w I wanted to save up for something really good. I didn't want to just buy anything. Right. So that's, that's why it took me a while to like really start getting my setup going. So to me, it's not just like a better quality light. To me, it's like a milestone. So this light, yeah. So this light definitely marks like the long, so how long have you been doing this film thing for? I've been doing it for uh, four years now, like professionally. Mm -hmm. When you were saying 11 years earlier, is that accurate? That's kind of that's kind of accurate. Like in total time you put in to yeah, the game. Yeah, cuz I started when I was like 12. Okay. And that was 12 11 years up about 11 years ago. So I'm 23. You're, you're when you're 12, you're what in 3rd grade? You know, you're in <laughs> no, middle school. No, I'm in like 7th grade. Okay. But basically the very first video I ever made was a heel flip tutorial. No way. I I started at 12 years old. At 12 years old. Yeah. yeah. So basically I started skating at the time and then I was always no one t taught me how to skate like I had to teach myself I had some friends that well, actually no my first year of skating I didn't really know that many skaters it was maybe like half a year in where I started meeting like skaters and started hanging out with them but when I first started skating it was just me like trying to figure it out and I was just like all right how do I figure this out I, I really want to do it the first thing I did was play Tony Hawk project eight i think it was so you learned so it from video games i learned it well i learned what all the tricks were from the video games and i kind of got an idea of how to do it just from like watching the character like flick his foot mm. but i remember i was just like i want to learn what all these tricks are so i would go through the menu where it actually showed you all the tricks and then it would be like this is a kickflip oh yeah like, that part where they show you like the trick yeah, list yeah exactly so i studied the shit out of that and then i was like okay that's when i started memorizing like all the names of it especially since i played it so frequently i started to really so now it. when you do tricks do you is it because of the tony hawk game yeah exactly like really you know who else learned that way is victor oh sick he's like he learned from playing and it's like what the fuck mm -hmm. we learned from just learning like, it was like... like when I, you were I, coming up, right? Yeah, because it sucks. It's like we have... You know, at least you guys had things to, like, learn from. Yeah, yeah. Like, we were you, watching, like... You we, literally had nothing. Yeah, we were just, like, learning off other guys or, like, you were just kind of watching skate videos. But there wasn't, like, any popularity for it in terms of, like... Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, we were about 10 years in. I was about, like... I would say, no, no. Like, seven years in before the video game came out. Mm-hmm. And then the Tony Hawk Damn. one exploded. But it was like, prior to Tony Hawk one, everything we wore was like, pay less. Like, everyone uh. thought like, <laughs> like what, could, what brand is DC? Like, DC, what's DC? Like, it was just so like, like no one knew what skater brands were. Yeah, yeah. And then the game blew up and it was like, everyone was wearing zero hoodies and like. That's an era that I. I kind of wish I grew up in just to experience that. That would have been the cool. transition. Like when you watch mid nineties, I'm mm -hmm. just like, there's some parts of this that I don't get, but as a whole, I can get it. It's crazy because I don't even understand that in terms of like this generation that they don't understand that. Because mm -hmm. I don't know if you were there this morning, but uh, there was this guy. You were there this morning, but before you came, there was this guy who was skating at the park, and I made a reference to our era. So I said the only skate park in the time of high school was Huntington Beach. 
because they had a fucking skate park in front of the school. That was the only skate park anyone ever knew. But now it's like everything's a skate park, right? So I go, are, am I right, guys? And one guy's like, yeah. And the guy's like, uh, what do you mean, us guys? And I looked over <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I go, wait, you're not in your 30s? He's like, no, I just turned 22. And they all started laughing at him. I was like, well, you look old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> don't, did you just stop drinking beer? Because you're aging very poorly. And, <laughs> That's harsh. Well, it just, he was like, he was like, aged out. As, I was like, dude, you look. Yeah, you would never guess it. You look mid 30s, dude, for sure. And he was all mad at me, right? So he kept reiterating. He was like, really? Really? I was like, dude, relax. Like, you look old. Like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but... Like... Don't drink beer here and not skate. All he does is go there and drinks beer. Doesn't even skate. Doesn't even skate. He goes there with, like, a 24-pack. I'm like, this guy's probably been doing this since he was, like, 13. Like... It's kind of a pet peeve of mine. People show up to a park and don't skate. They just... And they just sit there and drink beer. It's like, bro, it's 7 in the morning. (laughs) Do you need a beer at 7 (laughs) a.m.? It's way too early for three or four beers. Yeah, like way like, I haven't even had my coffee. Or something. He's fucking trashed already. He's already like trying to pick a fight at like eight a.m. It's like, all right, dude, this is why you're aging. Yeah, you're not that sleeping. Makes sense. You're drinking a case every weekend. You're twenty one. You shouldn't look like that at fucking twenty one. While I was twenty one, I had like golden locks. Like I was beautiful. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But uh, it's crazy, man. I don't realize how old I'm getting, which is sad, because I'm in the in the in, I'm in the educational field where I realize how old I am. Yeah. Cause every I, dude, I wore a Bruce Lee shirt, and they go, "Why are you wearing a your like? Why are you wearing you on your shirt?" I'm like, "This is Bruce Lee," and they're all go who's bruce lee what and People i go don't even what know who bruce lee is now? and i got a little offended because only one guy knew he goes you guys know what bruce lee is they're like no it looks like jackie chan i go oh, i need to man. have a parent conference day <laughs> i want to have a parent conference with your parents just to be like how are you educating your children when it comes to culture like no. I, I, I would be like no fuck the grades you know what i don't care about his d in biology why doesn't he know what Bruce Lee is, you know, to the dad? Yeah, Have you yeah. showed him Enter, you know, the dragon yet? Or, you know, maybe I should have a culture class, like expose these kids to, you know, cool shit. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like they're very like unaware. Like all they know is Fortnite and like all these little peep and all these like new rapping guys. And I'm just like. Yeah, for me, like I can't, I can't relate to that as much as you, but I kind of feel it, feel it creeping in sometimes. Cause I remember, like a lot of rap artists now, I've never heard of most of them. Never all, heard of them. All these younger people are like. I don't think they've heard of themselves. They're so drugged up, they don't even remember who they are. Maybe yeah. It's like a lot of this music. It's like, I don't want to sound like an old guy that like to go and destroy like this culture's music. But I feel like they missed out on a really good era of music. And it just sucks to be like, yo, all I know is Takashi or Extentacion or like Little Peep and like guys yeah. that look like Chipotle rappers. Like, yeah, I never heard like, of any of like, like SoundCloud guys. 
Which, like, don't get me wrong, but if you've never heard The Doors, or you've never, ha- you know, you know, fucking heard, like, even, like, m- some, I don't know. It's like, all you're hearing is bad rap. Yeah, that's how most rap is now. Like, I remember when I was growing up, I would listen to, like, Biggie, or, um, I don't even remember all of them off the top of my head. I remember Biggie was one that I was like, all right, this guy's cool. I was never, like, that big into, like, rap, but there was, like, some songs where I was what like, What were you into, right. like, M83? Yeah, like, I was kind of into, like, indie music. Or at the time, like, when I was skate, when I was really skating, I was into, like, metal, like, some punk, like, some rap. Like, basically anything you would hear in a skate video, like, in that time. Like, Do you it play was, any instruments? No, not anymore. I used to play guitar, but I got kind of over that. Were you pretty decent at the guitar? Um, how did, no. how did you, you learn? Just picking one up or YouTube? You learn like, so you learn everything like through video games and YouTube. Pretty much, yeah. Damn, but um, I was never that good. Like I can't even read notes or anything. I was just kind of just watch a video, and then watch how they were explaining how to play it, and I would just do exactly that. I kind of taught myself how to read tabs too, mm-hmm. which is just like little number charts of what to push at when, but I never like got extremely familiar with it, so it's not something I dedicate a lot of time to. So you're really good at absorbing information. Yeah, like I need to watch somebody explain it to me or do it or just yeah, either watch someone ex- either listen to someone explaining it to me or actually watch them do it. And how are really you in school? It. Were you like I was bad I was pretty bad at school. Did you get bad grades? Not like bad grades. It was kinda like decent stuff. Like I remember first through like fifth grade I did pretty good, like your typical like good Asian kid. Mm-hmm. But then I started skating. And then you so got that I st- I didn't get I didn't really get that bad. I got I misbehaved and didn't really like listen, but I never really got into huge trouble or anything. It was more like I didn't like school and I didn't want to be there. So that was just kind of how I was most of the time. I didn't try that hard. And that was just like... So you got by with like passing grades? Like you got by? Yeah, exactly. I, I got by all through middle school. I got by all through high school. I got by. And then I, I did go to a community college for a little while. And I did like way better in there because I took it a little bit more seriously. But even that didn't really last that long. So then you just went, no college, just straight to work? Well, I went for two years. I went to a community college for two years, and then basically when I met my first connection in the film world, Mm -hmm. like I was, he's actually like married to someone else in my family. Like the connection gets weird, but he's like somewhat related to me. That's kind of how I found him. Um, My dad, he he does uh, HVAC. What's work that? which is heating ventilation air conditioning stuff mm-hmm. and he used to do like contract work where he would go install like units into people's houses and he installed a unit in my like aunt's house mm-hmm. and then her son happened to be there and her friend is the cousin of the guy that I met who became like my mentor and then basically my dad was talking to him about what I wanted to do he's like oh he wants to do like film stuff and then the cousin was like, oh, I know someone perfect for that. And then he gave him, a, gave him a number, gave that number to me. I called him, like, right away. And then basically maybe, like, 
a month later, like he actually brought me on to something. It was like, it wasn't even a video related thing. It was, I think it was something where he, he kind of invited me to something like random mm -hmm. just to see if I would show up. Oh, I see. It just was like a, kinda... it was like a swap meet for his friend's uh, watch company. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yeah, I'll be there. And, and you were there and he was like all impressed. Well, I, I didn't actually meet him that day because he wasn't there, but I met his friend that owns the watch company. But I didn't know what the hell I was doing or what the hell I was going to be doing. I just showed up. I was just like, well... Did you have any gonna... cameras or anything? You just showed up? I just showed up. So what did you do? Just sell watches? I just helped him set up the booth, and then I hung <laughs> out at this the Orange County See, Fair for the rest of the day, like, no, trying like, to, like, filming. pick their brains a little bit. It had nothing to do with, like, filming. It was just some random he thing. He just sent you, like... Yeah. That sounds like some kung fu test. Yeah, like, like we might get into the story a little bit deeper, but... It, it, or I'll save that for later, just because I think it would be a good build-up. But, like, basically he sent me to something really random. Didn't even really explain to me what we were gonna... What I was gonna do... But I didn't care. I was just like, if you're like a film guy, then I, I want to do whatever to like help you. Because I'm just like, I really want to do this and I have no idea how. So to me, that was like, that's the path to like figuring it out. Showing up to this random thing. Not much really, hap not much really happened that day. It was just, I helped them set up a booth. And then I hung out with uh, two other guys at the county fair that day. Not much happened. And I was just like... All right, whatever. That's um, so. I want. I'm still gonna keep hitting him up. How old were you at this time? I was uh 19. Okay. It wasn't that long ago. And then, basically, I would hit him up more. And then he was like, "All right, how about you just come to my office and we can actually meet?" And I'm like, "Yeah, for sure." So the when I first actually met him, his name's Eric, by the way. So I don't have to keep saying that guy. I showed up to his office and basically. I just saw like this big editing setup and I saw he's a action figure like nerd so he has like all these Predator and Star Wars action figures on the wall and then there was two guys working with him like editing some stuff and then he was editing too so I kind of sat and watched what they were doing for a little while they were just editing some client work nothing that interesting and then the two guys left for the day and then it was just me and Eric like talking for a little bit and then just got to know him a little bit he got to know me and i just told him like this is what i want to do like i don't really know how it works but i want when i got your contact info i really wanted to like do something with it um he's like okay and then basically from there um not much happened until like maybe a month later and then that's when he actually invited me onto like the first video gig it was like some hip-hop or filming like a hip-hop dance competition mm -hmm. but basically i just helped um help them like carry stuff and then i even brought like one of my cameras to help them film i remember feel at the time i had a gopro hero 3 <laughs> and they had like um 7d cameras with like nice lenses and one guy was shooting on a red and stuff i remember i was just like yeah, my shit is so small compared to these guys. Well, it was also, like, it's just kind of, like you, like, kind of brought, like, a knife to a gunfight. Like, that was, like... Yeah, exactly. So, did they not... Okay, so they see this little dinky GoPro. Do they feel like, oh, this guy's a noob? No, they didn't care. Yeah, like, did was... you film with the GoPro anyways? Yeah, I did. 
like they they all knew I was new, and then he was just like, "Oh, just bring whatever, and we'll have another camera angle." I'm like, "All right." No one real, no one really said anything because they knew like yeah that you're new that I was and new, trying. and I was just trying to do whatever to help out. But I do remember though, I'm just like looking at my camera and like looking at theirs. I'm like, "Shit, I have a lot of work to put into this to like get to that point." Well, like it's kind of crazy because it just shows like right there, like. It's kind of like that's the beginning of your filming. Like you start out with this small camera mm -hmm. and then now you've learned so much that where you can buy these lights. Like, you know, the average person wouldn't know and you know all these like camera things and it's like just like skating or anything you get into. It's like you have to learn from the bottom up. You know, yeah. no one just goes in and knows everything. It honestly felt like skating again because I remember you had to like learn shit, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like when you start skating, like you gotta learn all the little movements that you have to do just to make the the board work. And then for me, it was just like, all right, I gotta learn what all these buttons on the on the camera does and like how to actually apply it. But I've I've always enjoyed that though, like just learning stuff. I remember mm -hmm. growing up, I always like if I got into something, I would always dedicate time to like learning how to do it. Like the first thing was like skating and then trying to play guitar guitar I, I didn't take as seriously but I did have a period where I was really paying attention to it video games like uh, Call of Duty I spent a lot of time like trying to get good at that because on YouTube I saw a bunch of like um, montages that I thought were sick so I wanted to be like them what was that did you ever do that I did for a little bit and I remember no were you ever, ever were you able to ever like pull something off or was like youtube worthy yeah i mean at the time there's this thing called like standards where you have to get a certain like kill chain in order for it to be considered a clip so basically whatever the current standard was i was probably like two steps below every almost every time okay so you were always like top three i wouldn't say top three like maybe maybe better than average but not quite there. I was definitely like a few levels lower. So it's oh, like my skill level. I knew what what good was considered. I I just never really got there. Like in my mind. So you give up on Call of Duty at some point. Yeah, I kind of get. It's basically because I started like going to school and trying to figure out like film stuff. So that was kind of more my focus. I, video games was like that thing I just did growing up when I wasn't skating. It was like a release. Mm -hmm. and then basically uh, it was the skating the guitar um, the video games and then it went to filming and then that's basically where it's been like ever since four years ago about four years ago yeah and then you've been non-stop just like every day on gigs and working on shoots yeah exactly like mm, I've technically been always doing video since I was like 12, like I was saying, but I didn't really like take it seriously or consider it for as a work option until like when I finished uh, high school. So, you know, it was, so looking back since your dad was the first one to introduce you to this guy and not introduce you, but at the time, like, oh, my son wants to get into it. I mean, is he pretty proud of how far you've come with it? And he sees oh, yeah, you like, like they're stoked because yeah. at first they were really uncertain about everything. Because my parents at the time were very, a little bit more traditional. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, go to school, like, get a job, and, like, go work at a big company and stuff. And 
I was their first child, so basically everything that I'm experiencing is new to them. And then I didn't want to go down that route, and I knew I didn't like I knew I didn't like it, and I knew that it it just wasn't meant for it wasn't meant for me. And then basically when I was talking to Eric and one of the conversations we had, he said, "Looks, um, if you want to pursue like this career path, you don't need school for it. You, it's more important that you just know what you're doing. It doesn't school doesn't exactly te- the schools don't exactly teach you that. It's all about like just working and getting hands on experience. So I would suggest that you stop going." And of course, that was really off putting to me at first because I've never been told that. I've always, <laughs> he I talked always, you out of school. Yeah. So. I, I was at first I was like uh, I don't know about that and then I always kept it in the back of my mind and as a consideration but I never like fully did it and then basically I went to I finished like my semester and that was always in the back of my mind and ever since like my first like set or video work experience which was that dance competition every single time I went to school I felt like all all I would do is just think about that I'm like fuck like the hands on experience yeah I'm just like fuck what am I doing here I'm like this is so boring just sitting in a desk listening to or paying all sorts of money for something I'm not even listening to and then I I remember how fun it was just working on video shoots I was just like I want to be doing that and then basically my academic um, how I was never doing that good but I was doing like better than I normally do but then it started just going down like since then because I was just more like I want to be there not here and then it was once around the end of the semester I kind of got over it and I was like you know what I think I need to make this leap like I just got to go for it and I was really hesitant about it at first but I was just like what's the worst that can happen I come back like that's not that big of a deal so the hard part was like approaching my parents about it because I thought they would flip on me but I just like that day I walked up to my mom and I was just like look I don't want to do this anymore I want to go do this the the video work and I already have a plan like I'm not going to go here anymore and then I'm going to pursue I'm going to pursue this and I'm just going to put my full effort into it I'm going to work part-time like I've been doing and then just kind of see where it goes from there and then she was a little worried about it at first. She's like, oh, I don't know. Like, what if you what if you at least finish, like, the AA degree? And I'm just like, AA degree is pretty useless, so why does it matter? But then I just kind of comforted her. Com- I comforted, comforted her and just told her, I'm just going to take a semester off, which was kind of like a 5% chance of me doing. Because mm. in the back of my mind, I'm just like, I kind of would rather just do this. I need to tell her something to like make yeah, not worry make so her. much and they're like all right well just go do it and do the best you can at it I'm like I'll do this like I just need time to do it so I basically stopped going to all my classes like from that point even though I had like three weeks left and then I just hit up Eric I'm just like hey I'm I'm gonna stop going to school for right now so I could just do this like anything that comes up like let me know I'll be there and he's like all right and then I didn't work with him too much but I did work with a friend of his named Ryan Mm -hmm. who is another uh, DP like cinematographer he was he does like a lot of uh, 
hip-hop music videos and he was always looking for someone to help him out so basically from there once I stopped going to school like I was just like all right I'm gonna work and I just so happened to get paired up with him but I was work and I was working with him so frequently that it, I really got to like learn how lighting works because he, he's really good at, he was really good at what he does so just absorbing like how he sets up the shots and how he does the camera moves and like him just explaining to me like how, how all that stuff works and explaining to me what good lighting looks like versus bad lighting it was really like a good chance for me to absorb all that I didn't really fully know how to put it into application yet but I started to like develop a stronger eye for it so that's basically how I spent my summer and then um, from there Eric by the way is like working on a feature film hour and a half long movie and he's now he's almost done with it like they're doing like sound design and foley on it and stuff but at the time it was still doesn't have all the shots that it needed so I helped him that summer too like getting pickup shots for that so I was so right out of the gate I was working under like a good cinematographer and I was working under a good director and just kind of learning absorbing literally everything that they were doing and they were very generous to like just teach me everything too and then I think what really kicked it off was towards the end of the summer Eric got a job uh, producing a web series and it was supposed to it was for two episodes like the pilot episodes and he was directing it and then at the time, I was working at a pizza place. It was uh, Shakey's. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to work there for like a little over a year. Maybe Which a year one? and a half. Over on Las Tunas. No way. San Gabriel. Yeah. Shut up. The Shakey's right there in the... No way. Yeah. Crazy. For a year, you worked there? So for well, like Were a year, you a waiter or something? Yeah, I was a waiter. For a year and a half, I was working there. And then basically when the TV show thing came around, he was like, hey, I want you to quit your job so you can pr put all your time into this. Was he able to like give you a little income to yeah. do it? Like fucking working at Shakey's, I was making like 20 to $60 a day probably. You said you're making that, more on the shoot. I wasn't really making more on the shoot. He was just giving me gas money. It was a low, pretty low budget like TV show, but he he kind of just gave me what he could. But you were willing like, to, like, fuck it and, like, yeah, put I, it towards your passion. Yeah, exactly. I just said, fuck it. I'm like, I saved up enough money from working there to, like, know that I'm not in trouble if I just quit my job right now. And mm -hmm. also, since I quit going to school, I had a savings account with money that was specifically for school. Right. So when I quit going to school, like, I had a couple thousand bucks, like, extra automatically. So I was just like, you know, I think I'm... If I quit, like, I'm good, as long as I, like, budget real and not spend too much. So, basically, I quit my job, and then I just went straight into working on that TV show as a PA. And that was a crazy experience, because I'd never been on, on a production, like, of that caliber. Yeah. Like, 12-hour days, Damn. like, going through different scenes, setting up a bunch of gear doing all these different things that's the normal like how sets normally go but since at the time i never experienced that it was so crazy to me having to wake up work having to wake up like at five every day and then go and to bed like late go to bed at like 
one or Damn. two, work 12 hour days and then drive to places that are kind of far, at least far for me at the time, like not so far to me now, but it was the first time where I really like just dived head first into everything. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of work, but I was literally able to see like how it was produced, like how it was put together, like for the shots wise, just and then just kind of watching Eric too, um, how he manages everyone on the set and how all the producers manage everything, talking to the clients and then working under tight um, deadlines, t- tight stuff. deadlines, basically all the problems imaginable that goes on on set. It's right. like I was able to re- really see that. So I did that for two weeks, and then I also started. I also helped with um, the editing process. Like I was working as like an assistant editor, and then I also helped like edit some scenes in the show. And I did. We did that for maybe two or three months straight. Yeah, that was literally my life for those two three months. I Just would wake up, go there, and edit exactly. But because I was able to see like the whole process of. The entire show like going from the pre-production shooting it editing it and then premiering it and stuff like that like that was that's looking back on it now that's more than an entire that's film school education just being put into my brain oh, yeah within a few months because look you can learn everything all you want from the school but they're just telling you what to do yeah exactly it's like you don't know what to do till you're actually on a set with people that are like and I, I agree, man. Like, I, I, in a way, similar to you, I was just going to college after, you know, leaving corporate America and just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I remember taking an acting class and there was this black model guy who was, like, getting paid. And he's just like, yeah, man, you need to go act. He's like, sorry, I don't mean to do the, the black guy voice, but he sounded like that. He's like, you need to get on, you need to get on L.A. casting, my dude. Like, you got a good look and shit. Man, you just wasting your time in class, man. We be getting this, this money and shit. And he was just showing me, like, these paycheck stuff. Yeah, I got, like, five Gs on this FUBU commercial and shit. And I'm just like, what are you doing here? He's like, ah, you know, I'm just, you know, like, you got to, you know, just because I'm getting gays, you still got to be training your acting and all this shit. So I was like, all right. So yeah. I remember signing up on this uh, thing called LA Casting. And then uh, first audition I get out of the gate was uh, for skateboarding. Oh, sick. For a Sprite commercial. And the client was China. Wait, that's your very, very, very first, first like... out the gate. But how whack is this? I go to the set. It's so Hollywood, right? It's at like a skate park in Hollywood. All these skaters show up. They're all actors, bro. They're oh. acting the being the skater. And I was like, I already was like, look, one guy had a mohawk. And like, uh, like they were no, just trying to, terrible. yeah, they were trying to dress the part. Like one guy had like Jinko pants. Wait, and did like, did uh, they show up like that? Or is yo, that yeah, they, they were like up? trying to be the skater. Role. No, but the, like the pro- production told them to dress like that. They just said we're oh, looking yeah. for skaters. So like, guess what happened? I'm not an actor. I only went because this fucking black dude was like, what? I, like, I put my shit on there. I did everything. He told me, get some headshots, man. So I go and I have my, like I was dating a celebrity stylist chick. She got me in touch with like this sick ass dude. Just He just knew what to do. Like he would take me to get my headshots. He was like, all right, meet me at LA 4 a.m. 
the sun hits the thing this way and like just like shit you would know as like a photographer uh-huh. boom he got me this headshot bro it literally just got me everything right so i show up to the set the guy's like the guy yells action i need you guys to skate around and all these skaters are complaining like oh my agent said that uh uh, your agent, like, bro, we're at a skate, like, do some tricks. They're all bitching out, right? So I'm like, because they're actors, not skaters. They're actors, dude. Okay. Dude, I went in there and just did me. I did what I would do at like avocado for ten minutes. Yeah. Fifty fifty the ledge, just having a good time. Next thing you know, an hour later, I get a phone call. Uh, would you be available to do a shoot on da 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 da? We're gonna take you to Venice, and then we're we're gonna have all the skaters skating the twelfth stair. And I'm like, uh, in my mind, like, I don't really skate big stairs anymore. Like, I'm not, I'm like, you're going to make us, well, yeah, we, we're just going to have you jump off the stairs for like a full hour. I'm like, I was just freaking out because I was like, I'm not about to go to Venice and skate 12 stairs. Like, I know how to skate 12 stairs all fucking P-Rod out, you know? So finally they call us and call me back and they're like, you know, it's too much of a liability. So we're just gonna, you don't even have to skate. You're gonna go to a diving board and you're gonna jump into a, a pool full of ski balls. So for two hours, I, it was like the funnest shit ever. <laughs> I would jump off of them, they're like, grab the board. I was like, yee. And it just over and over and over and over and again. They're like, but it was, you had to pretend the board was there. Oh, were you like pretending to skate? Yeah, so I like, yeah, okay. so I like jump off a diving board into ski balls. And they've like grabbed the deck, and I'm like, Dude, that's sick. I should get into some um, skateboarding acting gigs. That'd Dude, be fun. Yeah. So look, check this out. So two hours go by, and this is how sick it was. I leave, and they're like, "Okay, I need you to sign here." They gave me a G out the gate. Damn. That's and sick. they go, "If our client buys it out, you get ten more Gs." So at the time, I was dating this girl, and I remember like you know, um, I was just kind of running out of money at the time because I was just like on my savings. Yeah, yeah. I was just like freaking out, and I get a check for ten grand. Damn. In the man. fucking and I have a picture. of That's it your somewhere. first acting gig too. Yeah, I have a picture right here. That's fucking crazy. So dude. this is my first thing out the gig. This is ten thousand dollars. This is go big or go home. Damn, that's you. Yeah, I made eleven thousand dollars. Hold on, you kick the camera. Show him that shit. All right, hold on. That was 11 G's, bro. There we go. Do you know... George right here. Could Okay, so imagine this, right, Scott? Your uh-huh. whole life you've been working for this salary, which is two grand a month or whatever, or $10 an hour. Yeah. And I made 11000 in two hours jumping off a diving board into ski balls. And that was your first game. Right? And I go, oh my... And at that moment, I go, you know what? I went all in on acting. And I honestly... I fucking killed it. My first year of acting, dude... And this is when I was like 2% body fat. I was really health conscious. Like, I, what, I wouldn't even drink beer right now. I was all about the image. So, the next thing I get is a national campaign for uh, United.gov, which is a government PSA. So it's your second acting job at the time, right? Yes, second acting job. Like, and... you never acted before that? No. Before the first one? I get the sprite, and could you imagine? I'm sitting in class, and they're like, 
the guys like critiquing me on my Hamlet fucking. Oh, they have your Hamlet's terrible, <laughs> bitch. I got eleven grand. Just skateboarding. Yeah, fuck Hamlet. Like I, it made me see how whack class was. It was yeah. just a bunch of failed actors who wanted to critique your shit. Listen, at the end of the day, dude, the game is the game. Yeah. You can, there's in Hollywood. It is you don't. Not everyone's gonna be fucking. You know Matthew McConaughey. Like, you may not ever get a role, but guess what? You may be a sick ass commercial actor because you got a good look and you can make tons of money doing that. Yeah, a buddy of mine does commercial acting, and you make tons gig, of fucking money, dude. Yeah, when he gets a gig, he gets paid good. So like, get he this: showed up in like McDonald's commercials, Walmart ads, and you get residuals. Yeah, exactly. But sorry, what were you saying? So next ad I get, my sister's friend is a casting director from high school. Oh, I heard you got an acting shit. Good shit on the Sprite. I need you to come in to this casting call. And they're not looking for actors. They want real people. So I go and I meet a person. And this is the great thing about coming from skating. I'm not an actor. I fucking am a skater who happens to act. I just so happen to like fuck my life up. Go back to school, figure it out, take some bullshit acting classes because I don't want to do anything else. Like, that's the easiest fucking credit, right? And I'm kind of like, I've always been more of the creative one in terms of skating. I like making skits. I like being funny. Mm -hmm. So I, I jump into the fucking school. I meet this guy. So the second gig, they ask for a real person. I audition. I get the phone call. I go. I literally take a few pictures. This thing goes national. Damn, that's So sick. this shit was in internet spots. This was on billboards all over the U.S. Wait, this what was in magazines. Was this again? United.gov. United.org. It's the... Okay. It's huge. It's like... Remember those Got Milk ads? Yeah. It's that big. It's okay. fucking huge. It got so big, my sister sent me a picture of... And I can show you all this. She goes, dude, is that you on a billboard? Like, right above her fucking apartment building. I've gotten pictures from New York. I've gotten pictures from subways in Texas. I've Everywhere. Everywhere. Girlfriends are texting me their Cosmo magazines. Like, I had so many blessings that first year of getting into the game. I got this national TV thing, that George Lopez thing. Yeah. I went on there and did this rap thing that went fucking viral. Like, but the whole thing is, like... Had I not ever known that path existed, had I not gotten the DUI, had I not gotten fed up with just this bullshit life that wasn't me, like, I worked a corporate job that, like, in the in corporate standards, people would be like, oh, working at Google or Yahoo, wow, that's very prestigious, make a lot of money, but it doesn't matter. If it's not you, it's bullshit. If you're not, uh, if you're not attached to it, and when I lost that and I got in this acting game thing... I did not know that was even a possibility for me. Like, what the hell is going on? And then through that, like, comedy came around. And I just dropped out of school. Mm -hmm. In general, I'm just like... A lot of people... School is good if you apply school. If you're really about school for, like, I want to get this medical degree. I want to get this, you know, dental... I'm not going to trust a surgeon who hasn't gotten, like, a million degrees. Like, you're not touching me, dude. That's what school's for. But for shit that we do, this is hands-on. 
you can't teach this shit. You have to learn it, and you have to learn it from pros, and you have to be there to do it. Yeah, it's all about, like, your creativity. You're, you're literally getting paid for how you, like, see or do something. Right. And it's just insane that, like, a lot of people walk around with blinders on knowing that they'll never know the potential of something that they love might come into fruition with, like, maybe even making a living off of it. And it's sad that no one even just tries Because it's like, you might as well try, you know, like, I mean, fuck it, you know, if you don't get there, you always have a job you can get easy, which is just basic. I don't know. That's why I think like people who take the risk always have like a higher reward. But some people... Yeah, totally. But some people don't get it, you know, some people may not be ready for that, you know, and some people are ready, like you're ready, because those 12 years you put in when you were a kid, and you didn't know what it was about, is now the reason why. Yeah, and it's all because I took the risk. That's every, every, like, great thing that's ever happened in my life was for me just taking a risk. Like dropping out of school or just like I remember another time too I was really trying to find my own clients so I was like trying to find people that I thought had money and did some free stuff for them and then for exchange for like trying to get paid work but and I would invest some like money into it too luckily I had friends that would help me out for free but so it wasn't that big of an investment but it was still like that kind of risk that I had to take and then it was like that didn't work out but I did learn a lot from that. But then me doing it multiple times and then eventually one of them sticking, like that's what's helped me out too. And then um, I remember, what else, what other risks have I taken? Shit, I know there's way more, but I can't remember all of them. Well, the, the biggest risk is just fucking being here. You know, like you, you probably staying in school, like... Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean... And it's not like saying like, yo, don't stay in school. It's like, stay in school if it's getting you somewhere. Mm -hmm. I meet so many people, they're like, I'm going back to school. I'm going to, for what? What are you, I mean, I get you're going back to school. Is there a reason? Are you trying to learn a language? Some people just want to go to school because that's what people think it's the right thing to do. But they don't apply what they learn from school. Yeah, getting five figures of debt is the right thing to do. Yeah, exactly. It's like, let me sign up to pay money for something that, you know, unless it's really going to progress you in your career, in your level of expertise, then then it makes sense. Yeah, that's my thing about college. I'm like, right now my sister started going to college and I was telling her, like, you should really, like, figure out what you want to do first before you dedicate time to that. If you want to go to a community college, that's totally fine. But at the same time, if you want to continue schooling, really figure out what it is that you want to do. Because it's a, if you end up not liking that, guess what? You owe, like, five-figure debt. You owe a lot of money. For something that you don't, you're not even using. That's, that was I've crazy. I've met so many people, dude, that are, like, sitting on degrees... And it has yeah. nothing to do with their work life or... That was something I was afraid of, too. I'm like, I don't want to get a degree in something that I'm not going to use. I just see these people, like, you know, in their little graduation pictures. And it's like, oh, cool, you, you got your art. Where the fuck's my building? 
Like, <laughs> you, yeah, like, I had a sister's friend's sister, like, graduate a Harvard architect. All right, let me see your sky, let me see your portfolio. Oh, really, Harvard? That must have been millions. So I'm just like, no portfolio, but I got my high yeah, degree. Yeah, th- this chick, she sits at home and watches fucking Riverdales. Like, it's <laughs> like, bitch, you should be designing the set for the Riverdales. Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't believe in like not applying yourself like that. That annoys the fuck out of me. It's like, if you have this degree or like, there's people that, you know, I know who used to skate or want to skate or they're always talking about it. It's like, I don't need a fucking Facebook Evite event, you know, meetup. I do it for me. And, and honestly, like, because you're doing these meetups, I don't think you're ever going to get into it because it's, it's, it's not, it's not because it's, you need it to become a part of you mm-hmm. like skating or anything you do needs to be a part of you. Like everyone who goes, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do this. Oh yeah. I just saw a Facebook status that you just watched like how many episodes of like some new Netflix series. Oh, just been watch. That probably was like 13 hours of your day. Which I don't mind watching Netflix like the rest of us. It's like, you don't have time to go skate for an hour? Yeah, but if you're going to complain like, oh, I'm, I'm too old for it or I can't do that. No, yeah, you can. Or I don't have time, you know, I'm so busy. Really? You're busy? You're busy? You spent the last two hours live streaming a fucking car chase. Like, we could have filmed a part, you know? Like, I don't know. It's like, I don't believe in excuses. Yeah, to me, it's just a combination of... They don't actually want to do it. And then two, like they're afraid of what people are going to think of them. Exactly. That's what holds people back a lot. It helped me back. Uh, it helped me back a lot too. Everyone. Yeah. I think that we live in a world of, um, let's show me, you know, it's like, show me what you do. Right. We, back then I didn't, I wouldn't even know what the fuck Scott did, but I can go on Scott's Facebook and know everything, you know? And it's like, yeah, everyone's showing the portfolio of life. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, um, you know, I see a lot of people on Facebook especially that are like constantly on there posting every single like news event or link. And at that point, it's like, just go work for a news station. Like I've gone, I don't even watch, like, I don't know if I, I told this before. It's like, I don't watch the news. I watch, you know, Channel Sham. Mm-hmm. Because Sham's got the live streams. He's got every fucking, you know, every everything that's happened in any... Oh, ladies, baby falls into this cage in Florida. It's like, where are you getting your... In, you know what I mean? He's there just spending hours sharing this information. Like, go get paid for it. Go, go apply to Huff. They might need some, like, you know, journalists at home. Yeah, to someone like, who can, who's willing to really do all that deep research. Yeah, because there's a... I see there's the passion in sharing knowledge. Yeah, yeah. And and everyone has a thing that makes them... But then no one knows how to convert that into money. No one knows how to convert that into... And that's the hardest part. Yeah, totally. Is making your passion make money. Like, But that's when coming in and doing the work matters right because then once someone pays you for your work then you know that it's good enough to at least be compensated for money yeah yeah totally and then it's like you don't go to school for that yeah it's something that you just learn just through or just business sense at least from my experience you kind of just learn it from actually doing it 
like I never went to a business school or anything, but I, I do business with like clients, like doing what I do like all the time. And it's something that of course, like I read books and listened to podcasts and got advice from people and stuff, but it's like, you, you don't really know how to actually apply it until you just actually do it. Right. Like you kind of know what's the right thing in the back of your mind, but sometimes you're too afraid to do it. You're lo- you're really afraid a lot of Yeah, time. exactly. I remember um before I started working more with you, like I was ner- I was nervous all the time like pitching myself to people or like asking for money and like that nervousness would eventually lead me to like underbidding and like getting underpaid for the jobs or saying yes to more work than I should be doing getting screwed and whatever losing clients like i've lost probably thousands of dollars from deals that i couldn't like close because i fucked up on something but i i always took notes along the way i'm like okay maybe i didn't get it because i said this or i did it this way or i sounded too nervous or i wasn't really sure exactly what to say so i always took note on that and basically like over time i started to i i i'm not gonna say that I don't, I don't want to say I have it figured out, but I definitely feel like better about it whenever mm-hmm. I'm talking to someone just because looking back on it, I'm like, I've, I screwed up a bunch of um, business calls or meetings or whatever enough to know like that went wrong because of this and I didn't get that. So don't do that. And then just applying it to how I talk to people now, like I've started to really notice a huge difference. I think it also comes with um, experience and building up your confidence. Yeah. I think, honestly, at the end of the day, it's just the work. It's the work. If you put in work. enough work, you can say, this is worth something. Because yeah. I'm tr- I've proven it, it's tested, and I have all the trial and error. It is. And, and you, that's why you have to work. You have to work at the things you love in order to get good enough to be able to even be in a position to say, pay me. Yeah, You know, when we buy shit, like this light, I don't know how long it took to (laughs) fucking create that thing. Uh But apparently what you tell me, I'm looking at all these numbers and these wires. I mean, it's like, fuck, this thing probably took like years to engineer. And like, I I don't know. It's just like, you know. Like, you're not going to buy some, like, dinky light. Like, oh, here's a lamp or, you know, $2,000. Like, no, bitch, that's a lamp. Like, what's that going to do? <laughs> like, there's no LCD monitor on it. It's like, you can see shit that has work. Yeah. You know, like, you'll see it in your eyes. Literally just doing the work and figuring it out and learning from your mistakes is how you learn something. Like, I remember um, Eric, I did a job with Eric once. We were filming a commercial for... Um, a business course at a college and be- because and the whole video is basically talking about how the business program works and what take 10 no keep going uh so to rewind a bit so i going back to eric um we i did this job with him once where we filmed a video for a business course at a college and the video is basically summarizing uh, how the vi- what what you learn in the course and how the scheduling of it goes and it had like little student testimonials and stuff. And since I edited the video too, like I was able to. All right, bitches, we're back. Uh, we had a little intermission. Uh, we ran out of time. 
So uh, I think where we la last left off was um, we were talking about business. Business, and learning yeah, and learning the traits. Yeah, so going back to what I was saying, just to kind of summarize part of it real quick, um, we were talking about learning business, how it's just better to learn it on your own. Not saying schools can't teach you it, but at the same time, I've just learned that everything's better when you just do it. And then the story I was going to say was that um, when I was one of the jobs that I've worked on with Eric, this was probably like a year ago, we filmed, um, it was, uh, we, f we filmed a, a commercial about a school's business program. And the whole video was just a faculty talking about different parts about it and then students like saying like oh yeah it really helped me and stuff but in reality like when I watched the video because I had to edit it when I was going through the material I was just thinking to myself they're just teaching you how to be a good like CEO CFO CF C whatever O's I don't even know all of them but you they're basically in my eyes like it sounded like they were just teaching you how to be like a good fit for a corporate job. Right. And I was just like, that is amazing. Like they were teaching you like entrepreneur. I'll, I'll give them credit for, they had to like start their own business and right. operate in that business, like through those other um, like positions. And basically what they had to do is they had to choose a product and figure out how to get it made and like sell it and stuff. And to me, it was just like, oh, they're just selling little bullshit things like bracelets or fans or things that you can easily get made in China. Like, I'm not trying to discredit them or anything, but at the same time, like, I feel, where am I trying to get with this? Or where am I trying to go with this? I kind of lost my train of thought for a second. Um, I think you're just trying to show, like... I don't know, like, how just, um... It's the beers, guys. Yeah, I think it's the beers. No, but I see what you're saying. Just, like, how... It, that employee's so annoying, but it's just, like... I just... It's just, like, the beers. I, I think they were just trying to teach you to, like... Just make money, or there's no, like... Um, yeah, it was, it was more like... Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. You, this is how you make money. They're trying to box like you in. They're trying to box you into this, like, mindset, I guess, of, like, oh, it's all about making the money. It's not about, like, you go start a business doing something that you're passionate about. Yeah, like, they don't teach you passion. They teach you these seven subjects, right? Mm -hmm. Let's learn history, which not even is the right history, according to, like, freaking you know conspiracy theorists but science math it's like i've never like i when i'm helping my kids they always want me to help them with their homework like oh help me with algebra or like help me with these algebraic expressions or geometry or like the only thing i ever learned from math is just basic multiplication addition subtraction yeah like i've never had to use like algebraic expressions or pies or dividing fractions or like it's and even if i were like get get a calculator mm. i don't i don't know <laughs> D 
Do you know what I'm saying? Like, why yeah. do we need to learn that so Most much? Most of the shit that we learn, you it's don't so, actually use. You don't. I I don't even remember. I don't remember shit from history. I don't remember anything from social studies. All I remember is just wanting to like say a thing out loud that made the class laugh. That was my whole agenda. I wasn't trying to be class clown, but I live for the moment of the teacher said something like, you know, she sets you up and you just got that one word or that line that just floors the class. Yeah, That's yeah. all I wanted to do every day was like, who could I? <laughs> I've always wanted to be that guy too, but I, I was never that successful in it. You know what, though? It's good because there's there's two types of guys. There's guys that actually, you know, they're quiet and they do the thing. Like, I'm not proud of that guy. You know, like I think that... Guy? No, I'm not proud of being, like, the guy who, like, tried to fucking disrupt the class and, like... Actually, I am proud of that guy. Because... But you have to have it in you. Some people yeah. just don't like being heard out loud or being... I mean, public speaking, just public anything is, like, a fear in a lot of people. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, people don't like to be fucking seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I've always kind of liked it. For some reason, I've always kind of liked that. Like, not love it, but like it enough. Like, I've always kind of gone back and forth, like, in my shell, out of my shell. Like, but now, like, it's I'm kind of in this phase where I'm like, I kind of like uh, being able to speak my mind about something and like people actually hearing it and giving their two thoughts on it too yeah i mean especially now dude we live in a day and age where it's like you know the only people that get noticed are the people that put themselves out there and that's just it you know Mm -hmm. like there's no one famous now without having like some sort of way to showcase them through a social media or it's weird it's just really weird like the way times have changed in terms of like how much we are able to have access to the world in a sense you know how easy it is to share things how easy it is for something to go viral how how connected we are like how you can just click on like your favorite skater's instagram and see what his kids his cat looks like like you know, we when I grew up, we only knew the images we saw on, like, the skate video. Or, like, we bought a CD where there was the one band picture on the pamphlet. And, like, that was the only image you had. It was, like, them sitting on the steps. Like, I didn't know what the drummer's chick looks like or what he ate for dinner yesterday or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like we just have the access to be able to see everything now. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, so, like, if you have a talent, then this is the time to show it. If you have fucking great video skills, this is the time to make some YouTube videos. If you're a comedian, this is the time to put the comedy out. Like, there's no excuse. Yeah. That's what blew my mind, like, within the past few years. Like, I remember growing up, that's something I always liked doing. Like, going back to when I was doing my hobbies. When I was skating, I always wanted to film myself skating. When I was playing my guitar... I always wanted to film myself playing guitar. And then when I was like gaming, I always wanted to film the games. And then I never thought much of it. I never thought it was possible to do that for work. It was, to me, it was just something that I was doing. And then since I never like thought about it 
Well, I actually, I did kind of like pursue it as a career, but that was kind of short lived. And then I, when I finally got to that point where I was trying to figure out what to, what to do, like I'm just like, well, I'm not a good enough skateboarder to do that to be an like a pro skater. I wasn't a good enough guitarist to be a musician. I wasn't a good enough gamer to be like a pro gamer. But then I thought to myself, well, I always filmed myself doing those things. I always found it fun, like putting together videos of those things. Like, what if I tried doing that instead? And then that's when I kind of researched the topic. I'm like, oh, uh, video, like, what does a camera operator make? At the time, I'm thinking to myself, oh, people that shoot video work on TV shows right. or um, sports shows or whatever that you see. And then a few years down the road, um, I started to notice like YouTubers getting popular, Instagram being used more for more than just posting pictures on it, using YouTube or no, I already mentioned YouTube, like just different people like blowing up just from making their own things. And then as all those platforms grew, I was starting to notice like, hey, there's people like making money with their skate videos or doing making money doing the other things and like that's actually possible now that's right. that's what really blew my mind and then just seeing all the pot all the different things that you can do now like on youtube there's people like making a living playing with toys with their kids you know there's, we uh me and david had this funny thing is you know because we have a product that's a a real life transforming robot you saw it right our transformer yeah. so he wanted to get this kid i don't you i'm sure you've heard of ryan toy reviews he's ryan. basically a nine-year-old kid who is the famous toy reviewer in the world he's got like hundreds of millions of subscribers he's 12 mm -hmm. so david kept saying george you need to you need to find ryan to <laughs> review the toy like i'm like how am i just gonna find ryan like so I'm, I'm here, like, DMing him from my Instagram. Hey, Ryan, do you mind reviewing a toy? And, like, David just didn't understand, like, it's not that easy yeah, to get a hold of some fucking 12-year-old with 100 million followers. So I would suggest, I was like, why don't we just fucking kidnap him? Like, straight up, he's a little kid. Just throw a fucking bag over his head. And kidnap his ass and make him do a review and shit. You know what I mean? Just like scare him into a review. I don't know. I was like, at that point, you're not going to get him to, to like talk to you unless we do some crazy shit like, like kidnap him. And I go, and the worst that happens is we get famous for kidnapping him. Which is, would be a fucking comedy in itself. Like, Asian dude kid asked Ryan, the toy reviewer, to force him to do toy review on Toy Robot. I feel like we would get famous for that. Like, we kidnapped Ryan. Like, we're not going to hurt him. But, bitch, do this review. Why do we make... That should be our next movie, dude. Kidnapping Ryan. Like, it's a movie about trying to kidnap this 12-year-old toy reviewer. To fucking review your toy so you get famous. That's like a modern day movie. Isn't that a great... And then it's just how wrong things would go. Like, you get him and he ends up just being this smart fucking kid. Like, 
makes your life a nightmare, you know what I mean? Like, he's too... Yeah, like in Home Alone. Yeah, like, we don't know how to contain him. <laughs> he's got all kinds of, like, little toys he, like, beats us up with. I mean, I don't know. But I just thought it was so funny how he was trying to get me to get this kid that's 12 to review our toy. And the guy's, like, 200 million. I'm not going to get a hold of that guy, dude. How? Who the fuck am I? He's Ryan. He's a 12-year-old kid. He probably gives no fucks about anybody. Holy shit. I almost, almost died doing that. Yeah, so that's been our ongoing joke. Like, we, I, like, would message David in the middle of the night, like, Ryan's house where he lives. I go, dude, just say it. We'll just, you know, I got ski masks and fucking, you know, let's do it, dude. Oh my god. You think That's if we did cool. kidnap him and do like an anonymous toy review about like the robot and we were wearing like masks and like slowing down the, you know, would, he, would they still find out? They would find out, huh? We couldn't get away with that, putting it on YouTube. Oh, hell no. Hell no. I'm sure that there's a way for YouTube to like track down where you are. So there's no way we can get him to do it in those way and like kidnapping him. No, I don't think so. <laughs> At least uh, don't post it on YouTube. You'd have to post out like those fucked up like li- <laughs> <laughs> like live leak. <laughs> well, it's if like you-, you make a video, you can never post it because like what if they find us? Yeah, kidnapping Ryan. Dude. We can't. We can't have this. <laughs> We're gonna get in a lot of trouble, dude. I, I, it was it was pretty dark, Joe. Just even think that, but I because I got mad because for a month straight, David was like, "Where's Ryan's <laughs> Ryan contact you?" No, dude. I was DMing this little shithead for a week straight. <laughs> Ryan, hey Ryan, hey Ryan, and that was really I'm a thirty year old man trying to get this twelve year old boy to talk to me like. Uh, this is not sounding right, like, at all. It's just terrible. One day, we'll, we'll get there. No, we need to make a movie, dude. It's kidnapping Ryan, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you call it, kidnapping Ryan, dude. And then it's just like, we could get this little kid to play Ryan. Kidnapping reviewer Ryan. Yeah, instead kidnapping. Of, instead of saving private Ryan. Yeah, kidnapping reviewer Ryan, dude. <laughs> kidnapping private Ryan, dude. Or something, dude. Oh, that would be funny as fuck. You know what, though? I realize, Scott, is like, dark comedy sells really well. Dude, no. People love dark best. comedy. I love dark comedy. We it's gotta so, do a dark comedy, it's dude. It's so messed up to laugh at, but it's just so good. We gotta do a dark comedy, dude. We, I'm telling you, we should write a kidnapping Ryan skit, dude. Just about kidnapping a toy reviewer, and then it's just going terribly wrong. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> and then at the end, we all, like, love... Like, we all become really tight, but we're still gonna get fucked. You know, it doesn't matter how cool... We- it's just, we're done. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, holy shit. That made my night. Yeah, dude. Kidnapping Ryan. But now... Kidnapping I- Ryan. That's a good idea. Kidnapping Ryan, dude. If and now any producers out there that want to yeah. help us fund that, let's fund. Hit me up. Look up Ryan's toy review. Hey Ryan, if you're watching, we're not gonna kidnap you, but respond to my DMs. 
Because I might, dude. I'm, I'm tired of you ignoring me, dude. I know. You're just trying to help out a like a yeah. really generous business owner grow his business. Or his parents or whatever. If you're watching this, please have Ryan contact me. Because uh, we need him to review this toy. <laughs> and now he wants Little Wayne. I told him about Little Wayne. Oh, we're going to get a little Wayne. Like, I, I love how no fucks, like, like, he doesn't see the boundary of how hard it is to get to these people which most people would be like you know and i like that because like he's at that level where i think he he could fuck with them he's like yo let me talk to little wing i got money you know what i mean like i like that he's like confident as fuck Okay, yeah. Like he's so like, you can get Ryan, get a little wave, yeah, get Daywan on the yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, you can get Ryan. Yeah, you get, get Daywan. And if we talk to Daywan, I'll, I'll tell you, if Daywan goes to lunch with us, he'll fucking, uh, he'll probably just be like your boy. We're like, oh, he's wait, on yeah. board. Skaters dude, have that dude. vibe to them where it's like, once you know that you two have skating in common, that's when you instantly, like, you're just cool with each other. Like, you and uh, Hyphenate. Hyphenate, You dude. guys got along, like, right away. Yeah, because he was, if like, If you're watching this skate. right now, shout out to you, dude. Shout out to Hyphenate, dude. Like, but, yeah. the chemistry was, like, super there. I loved it. Well, because hip-hop and skating are just so synonymous. <clears throat> Especially, like, I understand his passion, which he even said, like, when we were talking about skating, like... Skating comes from within, right? So it's like you're wanting to create. And like Mark Johnson said it best. It's like all skating is 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 ideas put into action. So if you look at a rapper who wants to just like... It's very similar. It's like you have this idea to film this trick on the sledge. We'll also have this idea to like put this song onto these these beats. Yeah, dude. And put it out. Like it just is... It's the creative process. Comedy filming all this shit that we do has a reward system of like all this work all this editing this shooting or whatever it is and then our final product which is people being like that was dope yeah and people getting hyped on props that was always like the best feeling about making a video it doesn't even matter like if you do it good you do it shitty whatever just the fact that people saw it it's sick yeah, it's sick. And or like, even here in this podcast, it's like everything is like we're putting shit out to the world. Yeah, exactly. I've like I've never done something like this before. Like not um, something more casual like this. So this is cool. It's yeah, well, this is cool because this is more like podcasts, which you know the biggest complaint with podcasts and like TV, podcasters hate TV. Like I heard the other day, like my favorite podcasters like. I'd rather take a fucking Ambien than to watch Jimmy Kimmel. Like, at that point, it's like... what? An Ambien, like, What's which that? is a sleeping pill. Oh, okay. Because he's saying, like, it's to them that, like, late night TV is a sleeping pill. Because it's so not realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say you come on my TV show. We're on live television. There's a studio audience. I have three minutes where you need to condense your thoughts... And prior to you coming on, it's like there is a guy in a room asking you, like, what you're going to say. And now you have to repeat. It's just not natural. And when podcasts came around, it was like, it was almost like the anti-radio format where it was like, I get to show Scott in an hour. 
I bet you we'll get to know Scott in one hour more than we'll get to know Scott in two minute segments with fucking ten commercial breaks. That's true. That's like the beauty of um, how stuff is being made today. It's people are not <clears throat> fooled. They're not like we follow YouTubers. Why? Because people get yeah, to follow they're, them. They're and more they're... relatable and unfiltered. Yeah, it's unfiltered. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And it's less like selling something to someone, which is like TV. That The whole point of TV is to sell you advertisements. Yeah. So everything is always like breaking up for the advertisers. But when you when you listen to a podcast, it's like, let's shoot the shit. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, like what we're doing now would never make it on TV. No way. We're talking about random shit. Like no, you, no way you can. It's just, it's not like, not for like corporate America. Mm-hmm. But so in terms of like everything we're doing and like... Is this kind of like I know you have multiple projects going on, but is Phoenix right now like like the main one or? It's definitely like my main focus to. Oh, I think we should like give a little bit of context like to the video like what we're talking about with like Phoenix. And so skateboard. Phoenix is what we were describing earlier. It's the company I brought Scott on board. Um, it's these, it's this electric skateboard gigging company. Um, and we're just creating content. Uh, we're trying to like build the brand. So me and Scott put together a few scripts and we're collaborating with some really big names in the YouTube industry, in the in the rap industry, and just like acting, comedy, like and we're just creating content that's gonna appeal to Yeah, exactly. Everyone out there. We really wanna make like something different and David, the owner, like we were talking about earlier, he's such a chill dude, and I really appreciate the fact that he's just willing to, like, take some risk on stuff, and yeah. take a risk on the whole thing that we're doing. Yeah, he's taking a risk on us, like... Yeah, so we're really trying to make sure we kill it. We're killing it, we're getting funding for this project, and it's like, um, you know, it's the first time, like, I've worked with someone who is so open to giving us the creative freedom to really do what we want, to not like you know i mean let's be real like if it was any other company and we would write these scripts it would probably have to go down like 10 fucking yeah but it really is up to me and scott right now to like put write these scripts scott Mm. goes ahead and like creates the whole production and, and like i you know like i helped cast and it's just like this collaborative effort that's so fun and not only fun it's just like we get to bring on board our friends you know people that we feel like have been doing the work that need the shine and need the work and we're not here to audition like hollywood people or we're really just like giving a platform for even people we know that have been putting in the work an opportunity to like do more work you know yeah that's what's so great about it to me like the creativity and like the creative freedom behind it because before this like i've always like done like corporate videos or worked with picky clients and stuff like that like all those variables like creatively it restricts you right as an artist like it's kind of frustrating i fucking love it like this is our baby man yeah exactly this is us i mean i'm personally that was my first ever table read like the other uh, last friday we we hired a bunch of actors and actress to have a table read i've been a part of the table reads, but this was the first one i got to say like 
this is our read. Like I got to get the actors and the actresses and we're like behind that whole creative process. And like, I can't tell you how great I, w- I feel. Every single yeah, day man. I wake up, I'm in a state of flow, <clears throat> of creativity. And I think that, you know, you know, from the beginning of this podcast where you're talking about like Scott's beginnings and my beginnings. Well, I'm going to tell you guys something that if you're able to just work at what you like to do, part of the process is collaborating and meeting people on the same path as you. And then once you find that right, you know, those people that you click with, that's when the magic is really made. Oh, for real. You know, it's not it's not just you. Like, it's everyone that you're able to... That feels way better for me. Like, I grew up mm-hmm. skating where I was part of a team. We put out videos. Everyone had a part. It wasn't about who was being better. It was the overall product, right? I was like, yeah. how was the video? I mean, again, Scott had a killer part. George had a killer part. Tarek had a great part. Yeah, each one had a sick song. But fuck it. We won. We're a team. Yeah. We all made this video that's just going to go down forever. That's it. Like, you know, that's what we created. I haven't felt this, Scott, since I was 18. Mm -hmm. This is what I dreamt as a kid, sitting in my class like you, not paying attention, just daydreaming skits (laughs) and shit like girls like like shit i could create and i've over the years you know through comedy i've been able to create my content but i've always wanted to take it to the next level and that's when you came aboard because it's like yeah i know comedy yeah i know how to create cool shit on my end but guess what scott here knows production scott knows filming scott knows lighting this microphone it's like everyone has a skill set that they're just going to be more knowledgeable than you in because that's their passion. And when you get someone who's like a billionaire who wants to invest money into your things, he's passionate about just the ideas, you get the funding. The funding gets Scott, who creates, gets the fucking thing going. Then here I come with the comedy, and we all, boom. And now we got the video that's going to drop. And it's like... Yeah, now the whole world can see it and just see like the big collaborative the, the whole picture. so many like different departments so sick it's so sick dude it's like and dude we're doing we got four more we just wrapped one and i was telling david too because the video we worked on i mean you know david had invested in the video prior to the one we made the guy shot it in one day we saw the over product we weren't happy we were trying to explain to dude he wasn't really being receptive to constructive criticism. And David's a nice guy, so he just said, you know what, it's cool. I'll pay you for the product, and I'll just take it as that. But when Scott came on board, I mean, this shoot wasn't a day. It was multiple days, multiple places. I mean, we were going out of our work schedules just to make this thing happen. So what you're seeing in these, this small increment of time is like, fucking weeks of work you know and editing and revising and 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 it's like honestly like i'm 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 excited because it's like now we got four more of these things to do yeah i don't know when this is gonna come out but like at the time that you guys are watching this like we have one made we're trying to make a bunch more and then 
something that I learned recently working on another production is how important it is to just really stock up on content before you actually release it. That way you can stick to a consistent schedule. That way you can kind of like keep the quality higher and also, but also upload it at a consistent schedule since consistency is the, like the key right now. But it's so hard to make something good and put it out frequently. So it's like one thing that I've been trying to push is like we need to play like the patience game. Like if we right. make something really good and release it right away because we're so excited, then we're going to we, dull down the effort. We're going to dull down the effort, but also like <clears throat> we need to stay to a consistent schedule. And you saw like how long the first one took. It took us yeah like two weeks, maybe two weeks, not that long. Not that long, but considering that we only shot, like, maybe three, four days, it's, like, there's so much little variables that go into it. For four minutes of footage. Yeah, there's so many variables that go into it, like, having to work around people's schedules, people have day jobs, this person, like, something happened in their family, like, this Mm -hmm. thing happened, like, there's so many things that make it take longer that such a simple task, like, becomes, like, more challenging, and... Right now, what I want to, because, like, there's all these different things that make videos more difficult to make, it's like, I want to put out really good stuff. I don't want to put out shit. Yeah. And it's like, in order to do that consistently, like, we have to, like, wait a little bit. We do. I I agree. It does suck. Like, I agree. Like, I want to put the stuff out now. But But you know what? I know that the consequences of that aren't going to be good. Because I've done it plenty of times. So it's not... And it's not good because I told David, it's like, you know, why do we have movie trailers? Yeah. When Avengers comes out, how many fucking previews we got to see for that shit before it drops? There's about five months of anticipation. It's like, we can't drop it if we don't have a buzz. And maybe the first video that we created, you know, for you content creators out there, that may not be the buzz because guess what? Sadly to say, this is a popularity-driven type of thing. And one of our I, one of our videos is we have to collaborate with a bigger YouTube star only because it makes more sense because this guy already has a big following. So it would make more sense that if we were to create these videos... Maybe drop the one with the more known YouTube dude first just to get the buzz. Then you can go ahead and, you know, once more people are aware of your whatever, your content, then you start releasing the other shit, right? Like, yeah, it's like once you get some eyes coming into you all at once, you got to make sure you deliver. Yeah. So that's something. It's got to be strategic. yeah, I want to be strategic with it because at the same time, going back to what we were saying earlier, like we want to like help this company out. We really believe in it. I think the company culture there is amazing, like the best that I've one of the best that I've ever seen. And it's like if you feel like really at home, I'm not trying to say that I, I've never felt at home like with a company before, but I would say the first time where I felt that with a client like in my world like working with your like crew yeah with your crew buddies like you you naturally grow a bond together but it's very rare that you do that with a client so now that i like i've gotten that experience i'm just like i want to like this is good like i want this like i feel that in the video world um the name of the game or 
you will be the most successful if you have like a consistent client coming back to you all the time it's there's a lot of like gigging that you have to do like in the beginning just saying yes to every job no matter how little it's paying or how like crap it might be it's like you just gotta say yes to all those things but after a while it, it burns you out like it's it's not very um doesn't really keep you afloat for very long so no that's not the right word um there's this word that i always use like i for some reason i forgot it it doesn't it's really for, uh it's not sustainable that's okay. the word i'm looking for gigging is not like super sustainable and what i really wanted was just a client that i can just work with like just one consistent all the time or even two and like now with david it's like okay this is somebody where it's like we we have a chemistry together yeah and it's like i'm able to afford to work with them on a full-time basis and not pay that much attention to other things because and that i can deliver like my best work that way yeah where it's before because i have to work with like two or three different people at once just to be able to make enough like money for the month it's like you spread yourself pretty thin and you get burned out that way too yeah you get burnt out you can't give a hundred percent to everything so you start messing up like i've i've like fucked up on tons of video projects for a bunch of different things because of spreading myself too thin and i've gotten yelled at like numerous times and it's it sucks but i just suck it up and do it i'm just like i'm sorry like i'm doing the best i can like don't worry i'm on it so i'm i've been late on stuff like i've sent uh projects that didn't include like all revisions or maybe i just made some dumb mistake and it's made like other producers look bad and all because of my mistake but at the same time i learned from that and i took it i took into consideration it's like if this is like reason for me to just want to improve and invest in myself more so that i can be more efficient and be like a good like uh creator for producers and clients so like uh, the last uh couple productions i've been on like it's so uh time uh time absorbing that it's like i can't give 100 percent. i've made i would make a ton of mistakes and like i said get yelled at a lot and i'm just like i know that like focusing on one person i can or one to two people i can really like dedicate like all my time to mainly them instead of these three to four other things going on where it's like it's demanding all so you you feel like in a way it just narrows down your focus it narrows down my focus i was starting to like ramble on for a little bit but yeah it narrows down my focus and I feel I can deliver like my best stuff that way. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can you give do your best work spreading yourself so thin? That's true. <clears throat> so this, so working with David too, I feel like okay, you're giving me the opportunity. This opportunity, and we also get to build a brand, which is it, it's like, it's like a web. It's like in a way we're doing our own web series, right? Yeah. We're doing David Chappelle sketch comedy and we're being funded for it. But we're also able to like, you know, create this awesome marketing campaign which in the end that 
if people see this, this might lead to like bigger and better awesome opportunities just because you're going to have all this on your portfolio. Yeah. You get to you get to show the next big client look what I've done with this freaking company and look at all this work. Mm-hmm. You know. That's my goal. Like I always try to have like the the long-term like goal in mind and for me, I was just one of my long-term goals is I want to work with bigger brands creating cooler shit and and i'm now my present mind now i'm just like okay so how do i get there i'm like i have to really invest in like knowing how to put these things together in a quality way knowing well the great thing is you have an opportunity to and me too is like, like to, show all of that. to grow a brand yeah you know like i'm excited because it's like we know we're sitting on a great product we're sitting on a gold mine but how do we share this wealth? How do we get these people familiarized with like, bro, you're getting a a, a, a product that should easily be a thousand dollars for like freaking three quarters the price, you know? And like, not only that, like you're getting it from a great company that like is truly passionate and has a great culture and like, you know, no one's getting abused there, you know? It's like... No I'm, one's getting kidnapped yet. Oh yeah, like even the way the company was founded was on a on on a guy loving his son so much that he wanted to invest into his passion. Like, mm-hmm. like I love the story of how it started. Me too. It wasn't like normally it's like Chinese people are they go to a fucking convention and they see this oh make camera oh how do you get the blueprint and then I send the blueprint to China and we make. You know, it comes from a very, like, deviant, like, I just want to make money, which is fine. We all want to make money. But knowing that this came from, like, someone who already was making good money, but just decided, like, oh, my son likes this. I'm going to give him an opportunity to start his own business and see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Then it gets bigger than what they can imagine. So now they want to just do more with it. And his son's chapter gets shut down. But he's still willing to take the risk and go more with it, like, yeah. Which is kind of cool because normally, with most most people, they would just bail out. They would just be like, "Okay, it's yeah." Passion is everything. Passion is everything, and and believing makes, in something. Yeah, exactly. It makes your work and just your life like more meaningful. It does. Like just living for like a certain purpose of something. Yeah, it really, it really is like the worst thing you can be in this life is idle, man. You, I'm not one of those guys. Like, I don't look forward to vacation. I don't look forward to like sitting on a beach for a week, like Mm -hmm. with my fucking Corona in the sand. Like I would be losing my mind to be honest with you because I need to be out there, you know, learning a new trick on my skateboard. I need to be out there on a stage trying out a new joke. I need to be writing a sketch. Like I get my my happiness from accomplishments. Yeah, totally. Like that's what feels the best. It feels the fucking best, dude. Working with other people and accomplishing shit. That's it. Done. Yeah. It's a skateboarder like I think that's like the skateboarder like kind of carved into us it's like you work so hard to want to land something just 
Just for that one little just feeling. Just for that one that little lasts, feeling, like, dude. 30 seconds. That, that feeling of trying so hard to land something which ultimately really isn't going to give you anything other than, like, fuck just, yeah, dude, and a fire just emoji. A, just a nice body high. You know, but we work on that feeling. <clears throat> yeah, accomplishment is the best drug. I agree. I, uh, I'm Cheers a... Cheers to that. Yeah. To accomplishing things and... But it, it, it really is the skate mentality. It really is. So, yeah. In other words, we're, we're, we're working really hard to, like, try to get put these things together. And we're playing, like, the, the slower game. But honestly, like, we're really trying to put all of our effort in. To and we're, we're going to stack up some good content, man. So Yeah, man. And we always have these, like, little brainstorm sessions, like, on ideas. I've always wanted to make comedy videos, but like it's like skating too it's like you just need to find that perfect match it is man we're i'm Otherwise, telling you new wang's world phoenix suck. right this is going to be the new Chappelle show i think of the fucking the, the future man i think like it's just going to get better and better the content's just going to get more smart more creative like mm-hmm. you know i mean just from what we started now i think it's a great start and it's just gonna get better from here so yeah with that being said man um look out for the uh the 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 new skateboard uh youtube coming out uh wang's world youtube it's actually um from when i was talking with david it's gonna be alouette innovations alouette innovations youtube and it's basically like Alouette Innovations is the distribution company of Skatebolt and Phoenix Riders. And for the skate any skaters that are watching this, it's basically Krell Tap. Yeah, it's Krell Tap <laughs> with with electric boards and I know a lot of skaters are going to be like somewhat opposed to the non-traditional skateboarding, but as a skater, I'm telling you, we're a bunch of lazy fucks. <laughs> so this just makes it easier for us to get around and I'm I still skate every day but I take my electric board into the skate park and I hold my board that's how how lazy I've become and that's how fun these things are dude you literally just stand there and go from spot to spot in a fucking you can save your energy for the actual session yeah fuck you know it's like I remember when I was younger like all my energy would be wasted because I was like skating to the next spot. Oh yeah, it, it it's, look. It's not close either. It's, it's not close. And look, listen. Sometimes look. How many times have we gotten this situation? I gotta go to court. I gotta go to this place where there's a shitload of parking. Well, guess what? I never have to worry about that. I don't even go towards the parking. I purposely drive away from it. Because those two miles, uh, I will get there on my electric board. That's smart. I gotta search and, and literally less time than the person just searching the thing. Oh, I go to malls. I see it. I'm cool. I pack. I park at Vons, and yeah. I freaking cruise over. I gotta I'm having the best time ever, dude. I'm on the street. I'm connected. I'm like, you know, it's like going to like day to day has never been so fun for me. I'll go to every... Even if I go to a shopping market, I go to the gym, 
maybe I'm even close to the entrance, I still go. Every time I go, I get someone asking me, hey dude, is that an electric skateboard? Can I try? And guess what? I get a new fan just from that interaction. That's a good way to like spread the message. You promote it by, like you said, trial hands-on, right? Yeah, I'm going to start doing that. You now. should. I'm telling I'm you, the more and more you're now. on your board, well, this is why I like the Cruiser, is it's more convenient. I, the big board is a little, it's a yeah, little more serious. I wouldn't like, it would be kind of hard to take that to a grocery but store. But I'm telling you, the Cruiser, those two I have right there, I don't even have yeah. the long one. Like, it's not even my style. Like, I'll only get those two because I'm more of a day-to-day guy. Yeah. Like, you know, when I go to, go to court, when I go to the mall, when I go to the movies, when I... Anything that requires a walk, I'm, th- I'm there. And this helps a lot with going to my schools because the gates are always locked. So I have to park in certain areas and then the normal guy has to walk about a mile. And you just skate Fuck, the mile. yeah, I'm piecing <laughs> everyone out. Like, yeah, you should see how like I'm just leaving people in the dust. Like, I'm I literally watching them just disappear into my eyes, like, as I just cruise past them, like... Yeah, I should get a cruiser just for that. I have the I have the longboard one, which I love, just because of how fast it goes. I, I get a really huge adrenaline rush from it, but I don't take it with me everywhere because it's so heavy. Yeah, it's it's not. But I can definitely see myself you taking should, it around like, places. You should get one of those cruiser. with the little handle or, like, have them custom one for you that's, like, maybe yeah, longer. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, actually, you know what? Real quick, I kind of want to talk about uh, how I actually like got onto here, like how you kind of yeah, let's how talk you about got it. that idea. But basically, um, how I got this gig was to me, I was like pretty mind blown. I'm like, wait, I'm gonna film like people skateboarding, like that's nuts to me. That's a dream job. Like if I, if my twelve year old self like saw this right now he'd be like all right cool you're not a piece of shit you actually did something but the reason why i got this is because i remember for the longest time i was just filming stuff with kind of like money just in the back of my mind i was never really fully following something just out of passion it's like my passions are kind of like limited to only a few things so like there's just the subject matters in film where in or in video that actually make money is like stuff that's i'm not really that interested in i was always interested in skating but for a while i stopped doing it and i stopped filming it just because i was just like okay i need to focus on like my work and so i can grow in that and because i was always filming subject matter that i didn't really care that much about like it was never like fully fun for me like in the back of my mind, I always thought, like, oh, there's something missing. Like, what is it? Like, I need to figure out what that was. And then I just, one day, I figured out, like, skateboarding is that thing. Like, just kind of like that kid in me is, like, the part that I've been kind of suppressing. Like, just bringing that out again. That's what, like, that's the thing that I was missing. It's like, I had to do that. So I started filming, like, skating. And I was really lucky to meet some, like, really talented skaters and film them. Because I was just thinking, like, wow, these guys are doing really insane tricks, and I get to film them in creative ways. This is great. So I was always just making little videos just for fun 
of um, just some of the talented guys that I've met over the past like couple years of me doing it. And then um, I, that's actually how I met this guy is because I was I was uh, I was with Johnny Johnny Big Chillin. Shout out to you if you're watching this. But shout out Big Chillin. He's been on an earlier podcast. Oh too. yeah, yeah. So yeah, the Idol series. I I basically just met George randomly because of that and he basically saw what i was doing like filming skating and i'm filming on a ronin s with like a, at the time it was an a7s2 with a canon 24105 lens so it's a bulky little setup and to me i would i would just film on that just because it's like hey this is stuff that i worked hard to like get so i want to like use it like it just makes the quality of stuff so much better than just playing it safe and like basically he kind of just noticed that and then that's when uh and then when he saw the video the video quality like it's it was it stood out more than just handheld footage not knocking like the handheld footage but at the same time like a gimbal and a more expensive camera it's like kind of makes a difference in the way things look especially if you're watching the person like film it that way that it looks a lot it's really unusual so i would always get questions about that or just a bunch of eyes on that and he just kind of took notice of it and then right around when um skateboard was looking for a new shooter it's like hey like oh this person like has like this fancy camera setup that he uses to film skateboarding let me hit him up about it and then that's basically how I got the job with them and for me looking back on it now I'm like I did all that just because I was passionate about it I wasn't tr I I knew skateboarding isn't really the industry you want to go into to make money and I knew that but for me it was like it's so fun for me to do that I just want to do it so I just filmed it for fun made it as best as I can and then someone saw it and then he just so happened to be working for a company that was looking for someone like that and then that's how I got on board so that's that really taught me that like just following a passion like and not concentrating on the money and just doing it and making it the best you can because you love doing it that's what's really going to take you places like going back to what we said earlier like taking risks it's like to me that was a risk I'm, I'm not making any money doing it so everything that i do is like an expense in a way but at the same time i just do it because i just got so much um, enjoyment out of it but because i put my heart into it and then i just made it known that that's what i was doing like people start to take notice of that and that's kind of where you find your best clients is just doing stuff that you're passionate about and doing the best you can at it, as opposed to just like kind of staying in the in the hanging out in the crowd where you blend in it's like i was just trying i wanted to try to do something different and then i just kind of got really lucky along the way yeah but uh you know before we head out of here it's just uh it's uh luck equals preparation meets opportunity and i think that uh this thing was always there for you it's just like you know me meeting you and then you meeting me was the same way I met David was like someone found me through a YouTube video that went big in China it was like that led me to David it was like it's just when you start pursuing the path of passion or whatever it is 
you'll start to realize that when the stars align, it's like all you really have to do is connect the dots. And if you are working hard and you are on the path, the dots will connect. You know, me meeting Scott wasn't, I don't think it was a coincidence. I think it, this was all meant to be. And we played our cards right. So, like, this is why we're even here tonight having this talk. And, like, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited for all the things to come, dude. So, hell yes. Cheers to that. You're out of your cider. I'm out of my cider. But, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And, uh, where can we find you on the social media, Takai Media? Uh, I go by Scott Takai. I don't really use my Takai Media Instagram. Okay. I might boot it. I'm going to boot it up later on in the future when we have more, when I have some more consistent stuff to put up on it. But it's Scott Takai, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-K-A-I. That's all in one word. Okay. And that's pretty much what I am on everything. And then, uh, of course, you know me, uh, Wang's World. Um, But just, but be on the lookout. We're going to have a YouTube channel. Not only am I going to be dropping my first Wang's World channel, um scott are you gonna be you already have a youtube channel right i are do gonna, but i haven't put stuff up are you gonna rebrand and start fresh with all this new shit too i think so yeah. i think so too i think we're all just gonna start from the fucking bottom now we're here you know so um i have a few announcements uh tomorrow night i will be in claremont if you follow me george wayne jr i, I don't know the exact location i am on house arrest so I got approved to go to do a comedy show on the consensus that it is a job. So it's going to be hilarious. I'm going to be up there wearing a fucking ankle monitor doing jokes. And then uh, Tuesday, I'm going to be hosting the Brea Improv. Um, uh, that one, if you guys are interested, please DM me. Um, I'm giving out free tickets. I do have a free guest list. And uh, I just found out that... Um, June 6th, I will be headlining the Lancaster Laughs. I don't even know if anyone from Lancaster here is listening. But, um, yeah, you can find all that on my Instagram, George Wayne Jr. Shout out to Scott Takai. And, um, yeah, please look out for our YouTube videos. We are about to drop this sooner than sooner than ever. And thank you for tuning in. Um, do you have any last words or anything you want to say to the peeps? We're out of here. Final cheers. Yeah, final cheers. Cheers, My man. Empty glass. Yep. I'm kind of down for one more. Yeah, let's but, do uh, it. If you guys made it to the <laughs>